So one of my favorite jokes of all time uh, is by a comedian. You may have heard of him. His name is Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, how many of you ever heard of Seinfeld? All right, a lot of Seinfeld people. Okay, how many used to watch the show? Anybody? Or still watch it like on Netflix, binge it or anything like that? Okay, so, um, you know, ooh. anyway, Kramer. Uh, so um, one of my favorite all-time jokes by Jerry Seinfeld is this. He talks about how uh, Americans' fears, the fears that Americans have, and how Americans' number one fear is public speaking. Okay, so I'm one of the weird ones, okay? I do this for a living. I actually, you know, get up and do this every single weekend because this is what I'd love to do. Um, but Americans' number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. Number two is death behind public speaking. And so he makes the joke that if you're at a funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. So for a lot of people, that may be true. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to death... I think we all have kind of like a, a natural fear of it because we, we just don't know. Despite the attempt to sell lots and lots of books of people who have, you know, supposedly died and come back um, to tell us what it's like. Uh, dis despite that, when it comes to death, there's a whole lot of I don't knows. Because like... Only one person really that I know of can verify that they died and came back. And his name was Jesus, and he lived 2,000 years ago. And when he came back, he didn't tell us anything about it. And so there's a lot of unknown when it comes to death. And it can be kind of scary. And I think we're honest. You know, we'd say, yeah, death scares me a little bit. You know, especially, you know, I think as we get older and it starts to become a little more imminent, a little more reality of, okay, what's going to happen when I die? When we're young, we don't even think about it. it. Rarely ever crosses our minds. But the older we get, the bones start to hurt a little more when you wake up. The snap, crackle, pop in the morning isn't in your cereal bowl. It's in your joints when you're getting out of bed. When you can't remember things as well as you used to, you start to slow down a little bit and then it starts, your mortality starts to kind of you know, creep up on you and it's like, what's going to happen when I die? And it can be scary. It can be really scary. And maybe you've had an experience in your life where you came close to death and how terrifying that was. Or maybe somebody around you has recently passed away and it got you thinking about your own mortality and how scary that can be. Well, tonight we're going to continue in our series called Victory. And we're starting to wind the series down. Um, Victory uh, is a series we started several weeks back. Uh, and we talked about, we've talked about different stories from the Old Testament and a couple of, and we're looking at now at some passages from the New Testament, but we've talked about stories where uh, God brought victory for his people, the Israelites. And then in the New Testament, we see how God gives victory to us, his children, in a couple of different ways. Last week, for example, um, we talked about how Jesus won the victory over the grave. And we talked about resurrection. Now, when we die, that's not the end. That's not the end of the story. There is a resurrection that is promised for followers of Jesus Christ. That when we die, we don't stay dead. We are resurrected to eternal life. And, and so we're going to kind of continue in that theme a little bit 
today as we take a look at a passage from the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about the city of Corinth. Uh, the city of Corinth was located 50 miles west of Athens in Greece. I was on a small isthmus. Uh, I, I hate that word because it's hard to pronounce, but it's an isthmus. Uh, but it was a small isthmus of land, four miles wide, uh, and that's where the city of Corinth was located. It was a major metropolitan city in Greece, in ancient Greece. It was a huge city. Uh, it was busy. It was prosperous, kind of like America, uh, in, in that it was very, very uh, prosperous and people were doing well. Um, but it was also known for its hedonism and sexual immorality, kind of like America, right? I mean, if we're honest... Um, so Corinth was a well-to-do city full of sin. It was like sin city, Greece. And, and so Paul established a church in, in the city of Corinth in the book of Acts chapter 18. And he starts this church in Corinth. Uh, now in the churches that Paul started, he would send them letters based on situations that were occurring in those churches. And so in the church at Corinth, they were having some problems. They were having a lot of problems. In fact, the book of First Corinthians is one of Paul's longer letters, uh, 16 chapters. Um, and, and so they were having lots of issues in Corinth. And so Paul writes this letter to them to address their issues. And he addresses things like church discipline, uh, proper order of worship, and, and how we should behave in worship. And then in, toward the end of 1 Corinthians, he writes about resurrection. And he writes about the Christian and death and what death is like for the Christian. Uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to look at a little passage uh, toward the end of the book of 1 Corinthians. And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. If you brought a Bible, grab your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians 15. If you didn't bring one, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 934 of that Bible, page 934 of the Bible in, that's near you. Um, or you can follow along in your GFCC app. If you haven't gotten the app yet, go to your app store, search for GFCC, and download the app. A lot of you have. Uh, you can do all kinds of cool things with our app. You can give your tithes and offerings. You can get push notifications about events that are coming up, as well as follow along and take notes from the sermon. And so uh, we're in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, and we're going to take, take this in two pieces, one big chunk and then one single verse uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through um, 58. Uh, and so Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 15 is talking about the resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection of the dead, and then what our bodies are going to look like when we are resurrected. So look at verse 50. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the imperishable, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the imperishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in what? Victory. In victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the what? Victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is talking about our bodies and what happens when we die. So our bodies he describes as perishable. 
And when you think about something that's perishable, maybe you think about a gallon of milk, and it has a, a, an expiration date on it, a, a use-by date on it, right? And it's perishable. In other words, it's going to expire. Our bodies are perishable. They are going to expire. We are all going to die. At some point, our bodies will perish. We will perish physically. It is the result of the fall of humanity. It is the result of sin entering into our world. When humanity sinned, okay, death entered into the picture. That before Adam and Eve, before their sin, we never had to die. But when sin entered the picture, death entered the picture. And so now our bodies are perishable. But the good news is that through Jesus Christ and his resurrection, through his uh, sacrificial atonement, his, uh, the atoning nature of his death, that he paid the price for our sins. He took away our sins when he went to the cross, suffered and died for you and me. That Jesus uh, gave us the hope and the promise of resurrection too. That we will one day be raised from the dead. We're all going to die, but we will all be raised from the dead. And our perishable bodies will be replaced with new imperishable bodies. That our bodies that we have now will, will expire, but the new bodies that we are given will never die. Ever. How awesome is that? You know? I've often wondered, what is that new body going to look like? You know? Uh, are we all going to look like, you know, Brad Pitt and J-Lo? Something like that? You know, everybody? All the, or, or will there be like a, a models that we can choose from? It's like, hmm, I like that one. Maybe, maybe a couple inches taller than that? Is that, is that doable? You know, I don't know. Um, like I said, there's a lot of questions. Got lots of questions. Um, now, so Paul uh, talks about our perishable bodies being clothed with the imperishable, that our mortal bodies will be clothed with immortality, that we will never die, that once we die and we are resurrected, we will never die again. How cool is that? That's great. Right? Never, never uh, aging, never breaking down, never falling apart. No more aches and pains, no more hurts. Oh, some of you are like, dude, I need that. <laughs> you need Jesus. Because Jesus can give you that. That's the promise that he's made. So Paul then quotes the Old Testament. Uh, when he quotes uh, in verse 54, he says, Death has been swallowed up in victory. And he's quoting from Isaiah chapter 25, verse 8. And this is what I, the prophet Isaiah wrote. He said, He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord, get this, this is the most beautiful like verse in the Bible, one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. How many of you cried this week? Anybody cry this week? Whether it's physical pain or emotional pain or spiritual pain, mental health pain, fear, doubt, dismay, depression. If you cried this week, I want you to know that there is coming a day when God himself will wipe your tears away. He will wipe, uh, the Lord, sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and people. The Lord 
has spoken. That it is a promise that God will keep. That death will be swallowed up in victory. He will swallow up death forever. There will be no more death. That's what it says in the, in the very last book of the Bible in Revelation. It says there will be no more death. Death, for the old order of things have passed away. The old order of things is passing away. There's a new order coming. And this new order is going to be instituted by Jesus Christ himself. And he will wipe away all tears and swallow up death in victory forever. And then he, he taunts, I love how the, the Apostle Paul, when he says, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? He's taunting death. He's taunting the grave. And he's quoting from Hosea chapter 13, verse 14, which says this. Should I ransom them from the grave? Should I redeem them from death? O oh, death, bring on your terrors. O oh, grave, bring on your plagues. For I will not take pity on them. And you may think to yourself, that doesn't sound anything like 1 Corinthians 15. And you're right, it doesn't. Because that is the Hebrew translation of the Bible, of the Old Testament, of the book of Hosea. And Paul was reading from the Septuagint, which is a fancy way of saying the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And so Paul was quoting from the Greek. Um, and, but they mean the same thing. And what's interesting is that Paul pulls this passage out of the book of Hosea because this is a passage where God is mad at his people for their idolatry and their wicked ways. And so he's saying, I'm not going to protect people from death. I'm not going to protect my people anymore. But Paul uses that to say, where, O oh, death, is your sting? Where, O oh, death? Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? And what he's talking about when he talks about the sting of death, think about a scorpion. For just a second. You may not want to. You may be scared of scorpions. I'm scared of scorpions. But, but what does a scorpion do? A scorpion stings, right? And a scorpion kills. And so Paul is mocking and taunting death, saying, where is your sting? Scorpion death? Where is your sting? Where is your... No, no, no. God has swallowed up death in victory. That there is no more sting in death. Whether it's a bee sting or a, a scorpion sting. It, it, there's no more sting in death. Because of what Jesus did when he rose victorious over death. So we get new bodies. And we'll never experience death again. Because one day Jesus is going to return. There will be a loud trumpet. We will see him. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4 that every eye will see him. Everyone is going to see Jesus when he comes back. And so whether we die or whether we're alive when he returns, we will be given new bodies. And I look forward to that day. No more hurt, no more pain. No more tears, no more death. That's what happens when Jesus comes back. We will be made victorious over death. Let's look at one more verse there, right there. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. This is what Paul tells us that we should do. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That we need to stand firm in our faith. We need to stand firm in Jesus. We need to stand firm and not fear death. We have nothing to be afraid of.
For the Christian, death is not the worst thing that can happen to us. It's not. Death is a portal. The grave is a portal. It is a door to eternal life. Amen. How many of you ever had surgery? You ever had surgery? You know what to me is the coolest thing about surgery? Uh, is the anesthesia. Uh, anesthesia. I love anesthesia. You know, it's so cool. Because what happens, right? They're like, okay. Uh, so when I had surgery, I had surgery back in 2006. Um, and uh, I had tummy surgery. And like, okay, Mr. Cornett, uh, tell us about a vacation you took once. So well, we went to Tampa Bay. You know, we did this, had fun. Oh, well, where would, would you ever like to go there? I would love to go to town. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, that was it. I was like, ah. And, and here's the thing. It's like, I woke right back up. And I was like, did they do the sur? Oh, yes, they did. Yes, they did. And, and like the, the nurse is like, you okay? I'm like, ow. But it happened like that. Like I was, I, w I was awake talking about Tampa. And then I was in pain. And it felt like I hadn't slept at all. And I kind of have this feeling that like for the Christian, that's what death is. Death is like, I take my last breath on earth. And I take my first breath in heaven. That's what that's going to be like for those of us who follow Jesus. And so when we talk about death, we have nothing to fear. Dying, maybe. Death, no. For the Christian, death is merely a door to eternal life. So how do we get there? In Romans chapter 5, Paul talks about life and death. And he talks about sin and he talks about heaven. Uh, Romans 5.12 says this, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. I told you before, we're all in the same boat of sin. We're just rowing with different oars. So whatever your oar is, that's your sin. I have my own oars. I, I have a collection of oars unfortunately, um, that I'm dealing with. I need to set them on fire and throw them overboard, but yet sin still haunts me. Sin haunt you? Anybody? Sin haunt you? Yeah, sin haunts us. Okay. So we're all in the same boat. We're rowing different oars. Because Adam sinned, sin came to everyone. We're all sinners. Look at verse 17, Romans 5, 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph or victory over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. That because of Adam, we all became sinners, but because of Jesus, we can all be forgiven. And if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you'll believe in him and turn away from your sins in repentance, Confess your faith, acknowledge your faith publicly by confession and getting baptized. That when you get baptized, God, in that moment, will change your life and your destiny forever and ever and ever. He will wash away. He will clothe you with Christ. He will wash away your sins. He will take your, uh, your future and your destiny and transform it completely. Because we're all going to spend eternity somewhere. Every single one of us is going to spend eternity somewhere. And there's only two options. It's heaven or hell. And, and churches nowadays, we don't like talking about hell very much. I don't like talking about hell very much. I always tell people, my job isn't to tell you that you're going to hell. My job is to tell you how to get to heaven. 
That's what I see my job as doing. I, I got to tell you how to get to heaven. This is how I believe that we get to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ alone. It is by God's grace through faith in Jesus that we are saved. And, and so, but the, 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 just because we don't like talking about hell doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And just because we don't like talking about hell doesn't mean that people don't go there. People we know and people that we love are going there. And we cannot let that happen. That's why we got to spread the good news about Jesus and his love. we got to tell everybody. And the good news is that Jesus loves everyone. Jesus loves me. And if he can love me, he can love you. And if he can love you, he can love everybody. And that's what Jesus does. He loves everyone. So we got to tell everyone about Jesus and his incredible love for the world. In Romans 8, 35-39, I love this passage of Scripture. It says this, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the Scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. They were undergoing persecution. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death. So not even death. If you die, it is not going to separate you from Christ's love if you belong to Jesus. Not even death can separate you from the love of God that is yours in Jesus Christ. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That the love that God has for you as his child, nothing can take that love away from you. Nothing can separate you from that love not even death because again death isn't a destination death is a door it is a portal to eternity and for the follower of jesus for the christian death is a door to eternal life so there's some important things that you've got to know about victory over death some really important things you got to know. Uh, the first is this. You need to stand firm. For there is nothing to fear, not even death. you got nothing to be afraid of. Because like I said, death isn't the worst thing that can happen to a Christian. Death might be the best thing that can happen to a Christian. Because gone are the struggles and the pain and the heartache and the worries and the fears and everything in this life. The moment, like I said, the moment you take your last breath on earth, you will take your first breath in heaven. Paul said in 2 Corinthians that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That the minute you, your brain stops waving here on earth, you start experiencing eternity in the presence of God. Man, I want to go. Like, not right now, not right this second. Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> I want to go to heaven. God's like, I heard that. You know, that would be weird. You'd be like, why didn't he pray for me while I was, you know, while he was still here? He's really good at this, apparently. But we need to stand firm in our faith. 
Don't give up on your faith and don't give up on God and don't give up on Jesus just because you go through struggles and just because you go through hardships and just because you go through heartaches. Don't give up on your faith. Stand firm, Paul said. Stand firm in your faith because there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's like I said, the death isn't the worst thing that can happen to us. It's not. So if we don't even have to be afraid of death, then what could we possibly be afraid of? The Bible says that if God is for us, who could be against us? We have nothing to fear. Not even fear itself. We have nothing to be afraid of. So stand firm in your faith. Faith is the antidote for fear. Stand firm in your faith. When you are tempted to give up on your faith this week, when you're tempted to say, gosh, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know. I just don't know. I have my doubts and I have my fears and I just, it's so hard to be a Christian. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you that it's easy to be a Christian because it is not easy to be a Christian. Don't give up this week. Don't give up tonight. Don't give up tomorrow. Don't give up on Wednesday. Don't give up on Friday. Don't give up on, on Jesus. Don't give up on your faith. He's not going to give up on you. Don't give up. Stand firm. Remember this. Death is not your destiny. Heaven is. Death is not your destiny. Heaven is your destiny. That when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he transforms your destiny. We're all destined for hell. But that's when Jesus changes everything by God's grace through faith in him. He changes destinies. And you may know somebody who's not destined for heaven. What are you going to do for them? How are you going to help them understand that their destiny can be transformed? Death is not your destiny, my friends. Heaven is. If you're a follower of Jesus, heaven is your destiny. Don't, don't miss out on that. Don't lose sight of that. You know, when you're going through... Uh, whatever you're going through, whether it's sickness and disease, mental health issues, financial struggles, your kids are hurting, you're hurting, your parents are hurting. Whatever you're going through, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on heaven. Because whatever you're experiencing in this life, whatever you're experiencing tonight, whatever you're going to experience this week, whatever you're going to experience in two weeks, whatever you're going to experience in six months, it is only temporary. That circumstance and that situation and that hardship and that heartache is not your destiny. Death is not your destiny either. Heaven is your destiny. Hold on to that. Stand firm in that. Finally, I want to leave you with this last thought. Victory over death is assured through Jesus Christ. The Greek word, the ancient Greek word for, for hope is a word that means a confident expectation. Your victory over death is assured through Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. You will be victorious death is not your destiny victory is assured through jesus so let's hold on to that okay
Let's hold on to that this week. Because you're going to go through some stuff this week. We're all going to go through some stuff this week. We're all going to go through it. And, and we're all going to have different things happen in our lives. And so I want you to just remember this this week. When you're in the thick of it, when you're in the midst of it, when it's hurting and when it's hard and when it's painful and when it's tough and when life just is beating you up and just kicking you in the rear end time and time and time again and it just hurts so bad, remember, death is not your destiny. Your disease is not your destiny. Your financial situation is not your destiny. Heaven is your destiny. And when we remember that, we will remember that we do have victory.